Hey, guys, it's Bill. Thanks for listening today. Do us a favor and uh, subscribe to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave us a review and share it with your friends. That helps us continue to grow and impact guys in their journey to become all that God's created them to become. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email us at info at known legacy. Today, we are talking about dads of the Bible, and we're talking about Abraham. You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. So so what if John Wick was a dad? It's a fair question. Like, I just kind of think about that. Like, <laughs> don't so, touch so, his dog. All I can say is this. <laughs> whatever, his, whatever he has as a pet, do not mess with that. Take out the trash. Don't touch the puppy. <laughs> I just can't imagine, like, after all of this, I mean, because right now, obviously, we're, like, mid-storyline, but then just, like, I think about all these guys, like, dadding. You know, I guess maybe I was thinking about WandaVision oh, and, yeah. and, like, the parenting element of all that, if you haven't. Sorry, spoiler alert, eventually. But if you, I don't know. And anyways, <laughs> so, uh, but, like, this this parenting element of these these superheroes, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of funny. Well, I think you kind of saw it with Iron Man and when he had a second chance and he's, he's you know, parenting and he's <sighs> like, I don't want any of this to change. And yeah. You know, he came alive when he was a parent finally. He found peace. As a parent, I, and uh, yeah, it's funny because you're right. That's actually very true. He found everything he needed in parenting. And then he we dies in the last movie. Oh, s- sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, as if nobody <laughs> knows now. If you haven't, pull yourself from under a rock. It really was 2020. You had plenty of time <laughs> to be a hero in your pajamas and watch all those movies. You could binge watch the entire universe uh, on Disney Marvel Plus. Universe. Yeah, I was so frustrated times. when that happened because I I, we, I did that with my son, and we had to like buy movies at that time and watch them and sync. And I was like, crap, I can't find this one for free anywhere now it's like they're all literally there for free like in line like as as they know that everyone's watching them and the brilliance of disney is like you can watch it like theatrical release timeline or you could do it in like chronological timeline or you i mean it's fantastic yeah, or if you it. want to gain 40 pounds you can do both <laughs> so you know it's it is it's interesting i, I just i see it because you're right because i was watching one of them do you think it, john wick tells dad jokes I, I don't know, but I know we do, and we're about to. We're about to keep this going. We're about to keep this going, but it's funny because I remember that that, that brings up a point when you're right with Tony Stark because, uh, you know, at the end of it, and he says, I love you 3,000. Yeah. And I'm like, tell me you didn't cry when you're like, I love you 3,000. You're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Oh. It was crazy. And she's like, I love you. For, and she goes, I love you 3,000. And then at the end, he's like, I love you 3,000. And you're like, it's a great, great movie. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and watch Endgame and uh, have your life fulfilled. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. Speaking of terrible jokes, we're, we're back at it again. Uh, I don't know if we did this one, but I'm going to try it. Dad used to hate the idea of having a beard, but then it grew on him. Stupid. That's not even a joke. That's like a declaration. That's like just a statement. I think it was a great way to start. <laughs> How was the book about glue? It was captivating. Great. I couldn't put it down. Uh-huh. Which reminds me, actually, of the uh, great scene from uh, Christmas Vacation. After he trims the tree, and he's like, oh, it's sappy in here. And then he <laughs> has that mag- magazine. He's all, he reaches over, pulls the lamp because he can't let go of it, grabs her hair. and Yes. Yeah. Can't let go of it. And she's like, and when have I ever gone overboard? <laughs> Christmases and lunches, vacations. 
Oh, being a dad. Being a dad. Speaking of dad, why did you say there are only 25 letters in the English language? I don't know why. That's literally it. I don't know why. <laughs> You're a genius. You're a genius. <laughs> that was amazing. You did so good on that one. <laughs> wait, wait. I may actually repeat that one to my kids. Read that one again. Dad, why did you say there are only 25 letters in the English language? I don't know why. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> that is solid. So, you know, doing the research and the analytics, it's amazing that our listening has gone plummeting down the wrong way. After imagine these this. I know. Yeah. Everyone listens for the first minute and then they're gone. It's I don't know what's going on. I don't, well, <laughs> speaking of that, what is the best part about Switzerland? The, the flag. Why? Because you're on the roll. You're doing good. <laughs> the flag is a big plus. Uh-huh. <laughs> so close. You were so close. That's awesome. And I love that you knew that it was the flag. <laughs> well, I just, I took a, you know, as a dad, I, I, have you, have you ever found yourself as a dad, like the perpetual need to explain things that you know nothing about? Like oh, a kid yeah. will be like, hey, how do light, light, you know, traffic lights work? I have no idea how they work, but I feel compelled to come to up with some something. sort of answer about like, well, let me tell you and pontificate about everything I know about traffic flow and traffic lights and blah, 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 and everything else. Fun fact for you, actually, I had, oh. a, I had, a, I had a boss who was like an electrician at one point, and all of a sudden we get under a, a traffic light, and I don't know if this is real or not because it seemed kind of lunaticish. But so we get under there and we're waiting and it's a red light and it won't, won't go off. And so he starts backing up and pulling over and backing up and like, what are you doing? I'm going to throw up in a second. <laughs> he goes, well, there's this giant magnet underneath that hits your car and it spins. And when it spins, it indicates that the light needs to change. And I go, really? And I, go, I don't even know if it's true, but I'm like, is it true? Brian, is it true? We have Brian. We have, there's a magnet. It doesn't, okay, it's a magnet. And so anyways, he like explained that and it was pretty genius to me. And so Brian, thanks for being here with us today. You're kind of, yeah. we, we have a, we have a, a co-onlooker. Does that make sense? Co-on looker? Well, you're making up words all over the place, so let's go with it. Yeah, yeah, that's a big plus. Like the Switzerland <laughs> flag. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening today and hanging in there with us these last four minutes. Uh, we really are sorry, and but we are glad to have you here. No, but we're trying to figure out, like... You know, everything that it means to be dad, and there's so much in culture that makes you feel guilty about being dad, and we make jokes and everything else, and most characters are, are you know, humorous when it comes to movies and whatnot, dads, except for John Wick, who wasn't a dad and was just, seemed like he had, he was upset, maybe having a bad day. Is that yeah. fair to say with John Wick? Hey, yeah. Yeah, he had a bad day. I mean, yeah. puppy died, and cars got destroyed. And, and and literally all hell breaks loose. Yeah. 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 That was the year that Endgame and John Wick came out together, and I was like, I'm pretty sure the world's over. And then 2020 <laughs> happened. Right. Thanks a lot, John right. Wick and Endgame. Good job. Thanks a lot. That was preparation. So, um, anyways, we're talking about dads and what it means to be dads, and we're diving into scriptures, and, and you know, we've talked about Adam and kind of that story, and Noah, and we talked a little bit last time about the first part of Abraham, and or Abram at this time in his story, and this week we want to talk about just like... The fact that Abraham is is obedient and yet unobedient at the same time. You know, he has yeah. these great moments of hearing, following, and trusting God, moving his entire family into a land that God would show him. Um, and, you know, he has a John Wick moment, 
so to speak, where he's taking his son up the hill and, and he knows that he's been asked by God to yeah. sacrifice what potentially might be his idol, yeah. his kid that he prayed about for so long and finally was given to him. And, and God was like, I make sure I'm still, I'm still Number your God, one. not the kid. You yeah, know, yeah, um, and uh, it just—it's fascinating. So we want to unpack that a little bit about obedience in our own lives and what that looks like, and how do we pass obedience on to our kids, and what does that look like? So you know, Abraham's probably one of my favorite characters in scriptures. A because he he heard from God and he did something that was totally counter counterintuitive to his family at that moment. I mean, again, we don't know why. Just like you mentioned earlier, that that there was a moment where his dad stopped. You know, we talked about in the last podcast that his dad stopped at a certain point. We don't know why. But either way, the family stopped moving. But I also love, so he saw God, but then also he also responded to, you know, he was this normal guy who screwed up a whole bunch. Right. It wasn't just one time. It was many times that he screwed up. And it's super encouraging as a dad that we can do that and God can still use us. Now, that doesn't, doesn't give us a reason to screw up, but it gives us encouragement that, man, we are all going to, regardless if we've been called by God in the way in which Abram was or the normal us that we're driving around, like, I feel like I need to do something different as I read the word, as I hear from, from those who are speaking into my life that there's, I'm made for more, but I'm such a screw up. So was there a time in your life that, that you felt God was leading you to do something that was difficult for your family, but because of obedience, you had to follow through with it anyways? Yeah. So here I am, you know, we're, I remember when we, we were in, we are flying down to Midland, Texas from upstate New York. My uh, wife was pregnant with Gabe. You can't get anything different, like more different in the continental United States than the Midland, Texas from upstate New Midland, York. Midland, Texas. Like, if you could say, I want to move in the exact opposite place of beautiful <laughs> scapes, mountains, lakes, rivers. Large trees that are taller seasons, than 20 feet. Right. Yeah, apple yeah. cider donuts. Oh. I was like, how do I get away from here? And they're like, welcome to Midland, Texas. And, uh, and they have pump jacks. And so, I mean, that was oh, yeah. that was a plus. And again, I, you know, it's funny because cause when, when we did move, we I don't know if we knew what we were exactly getting into, but I do know that we felt that. And the cool thing was my wife was on board with it. That was the big mm. thing is we pursue our dreams knowing that, that, that our spouses are in tune to what that is. That's a huge part of it. I really do believe that. Some would say you're copping out. And I'm like, no, when we married... We chose to be one flesh. Yeah, I totally so, agree. So we decided to say, she gets the rights in this too. Like, she gets the rights to everything that I am. And one of those is my dreams. Yeah. And so anyway, so we had, we had decided to do that. But it was the most difficult thing because we truly, we were the first in both of our families that we know of at that moment for a few generations that had decided to step away from all that we knew to go and pursue yeah. that. And I think you're tapping into something where a, a lot of times guys will ask me like, how do you know? How do you know if God's calling you to do something? How do you know if God's calling you to move? How do yeah. you know if God's calling you to move vocations and careers? And uh, the best thing that I, I, I remember is, you know, the joke that we tell in the church is, well, often the Holy Spirit sounds just like my wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I do think there's some truth in that and in, in that one flesh. And there were times that I had better opportunities on paper that I was excited about, but my wife, you know, was just, hesitant about yeah. it and, and she would use a phrase well we can make that work or we could do that and i'm uh. like hey, i'm not going to move my family you know two states over yeah. to, to to do something that we might be able to make work or we could make work yeah, yeah yeah and it was every time that there was a big move for our family whether it was from allen texas to argyle in the middle of my daughter's high school career yeah yeah it was it my heart uh, my heart was was in line and in rhythm with my wife's heart 
And and she was the one that actually would take the foot off the governor. It was like, yeah, we need to do this. And, and now, so I, yeah. I think, you know, as we talk about obedience, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, um, and, and their relationship, I think, allows Abraham to really follow God on some of these these crazy adventures that yeah, he goes on. Yeah. You know, and so I think, you know, as we talk about obedience and discerning the will of God, being able to hear the voice of God, what we talked about last time, and then being able to follow it. Man, you cannot underestimate the power of investing in the spiritual relationship with your wife. Yeah. Because so often if you're feeling called to do something or she's feeling called to do something and you don't have peace about it, if you don't have that communication with each other, if you don't have that that spiritual um, heartbeat with each yeah. other, things can go go sideways really, really quick. In fact, I think I think of a friend who his wife really felt called to do something and he was on the fence, but he didn't want to stop her from pursuing something. And now a year, year and a half into it, it's created so much tension in the family because he's still not on board and mm. she's not really on board with it anymore, but they're kind of stuck in this situation. And so, man, obedience, you're not on this journey alone. And, and look for confirmation from the people that God has surrounded you with um, to say, I don't understand it. I didn't hear it, but I I am with you heart and soul kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, I think we we said this before that if, you, if your dreams don't include your spouse, it's simply a getaway. Oh, and so you're, say that again. That was good. If your dreams don't include your spouse, it's simply a getaway. Come sail away. Come sail there away. It is. Yeah, sticks, sail sticks away this thing with, with me. Yeah. <laughs> So there's there's something to be said about that, about communicating with your spouse. And maybe that's the big thing today as we parent through this, that our kids need to see that it's not just, well, dad said it and we're going to do it. Bless God. And, and I have seen that before where, oh, well, dad's called to be a missionary and I hate mosquitoes. And yet right. he wants to go to Nicaragua, you know, whatever. And so, and, and there's this tension, but it's like, well, since Jesus did it and I've seen, I've seen situations where people have pursued something and they've lost their family in the name of God. And that's because not, it wasn't communicated effectively. Right. Right. And so I think there's something to be said about this in the very beginning that maybe before we even jump into the rest of it, this idea of, man, how are we communicating with our spouse in the midst of this, that, you know, Abraham's like, Hey, I got this idea. We're supposed to go to Canaan and, and, proclaim this land for God. And there's a big part of that that we that we don't you know there's there isn't but really it wasn't a conversation. Even that, but it wasn't even that specific. Yeah. It, it was like, hey, I God talked to me and he he's asking us to pack up everything and follow him. Well where are we going? I, I don't know. How long is it going to take to get there? I, I I don't know. And so there had to be that unity of heart and willingness to follow. And yet and, and I think another part that we want to touch on is yeah. um just because he was obedient we have this um, this false theology that creeps into our hearts and our lives that the more that I'm faithful in obedience to God, the better my life will be. And that is an absolute lie, or the more comfortable my life I think it's only in the book be. of Second Opinions. Right. Um, and it's not because here they're obedient to God, they pack up everything, and yet the one thing that they desire yeah. more than anything is kept from them for so long, and that's just having an heir, having a kid. Yeah. And so that becomes a real tension for them in this relationship. Yeah, like, you know, it's funny because even in, in the... I think it's Genesis 12. It even says, so here, here is the call. So we're, we're talking about this Abraham thing, but this is where God talks to me. He said, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Just like you said, like, I'm going to show you to go somewhere, but I haven't told you exactly where it is. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you, bless you and make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I will, and, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. 
and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So he tells Abraham that, or, you know, Abram, and he goes and tells Sarah. It's like, hey, God's going to make a nation out of us. Well, you need to have people to make a nation. <laughs> we ain't a nation. Right. You know, and it's like, and but yet her faith, the assumption is that she was with him because the next verse says, so Abram went. And the Lord told him a lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot's brother's son, and they possessed, all that they possessed, they had gathered together, and they acquired in here, and they sent out to go to the land of Canaan, and came to the land of Canaan. And so you just this whole idea of, like, the story that wasn't talked about was the conversation that went between Abram and Sarah. That was like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to go and make this talk. And so, and so, so that conversation happened somewhere, and she was in agreement with it. A, she went, she went with him. And I very firmly believe it wasn't just like, okay, honey, whatever you want to do. Right. We're going to get in the van and we're going to drive to <laughs> to Milwaukee and start a church. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, which means the good land. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alice Cooper. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so this whole idea of communicating and being together and being being one flesh. I mean, 75 years. He was 75 years old. So they had spent some time together. So so there's something to be said about her willingness to be a part of it. But then that communication that's like, we're doing this together. Right. That was already written. We're doing this together. Well, and you, and you see that contrasted with, with Lot and Abraham's relationship with Lot. Mm. And so you see this kind of blow up when all of a sudden it, it comes time. There's tension between Abram and, and Lot. Lot goes one direction. Abram goes the other direction. God blesses Abraham. Lot finds himself in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he he struggles because he is giving into the sin of the culture, the sin of the nation, the, the sin of the time, and he's being wrapped up with it. And he's unable to follow God, where Abraham is able to follow God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just I think there's something so important that we as as dads are making sure that our kids don't just obey us, but more importantly, learn how to listen and obey and follow God yeah. more than us. Yeah, which I which we believe he got from. The generations of, of, you know, of Shem and his father even who said, I'm going to go here. I'm hopeful to believe that his father didn't just stop because he was nervous. I want to say that hopefully he was stopped because of something else. But if, let's say by chance he was stopped because he just said, I'm too scared and I can't do this and and this is good enough. Right. And Abraham didn't settle for good enough. So he moved beyond that to what God had for him. But he did it with his spouse to say, we're made for more than this. Right. And that's that's the big thing I see in, in, in at least at this moment in Abraham's parenting, you know, the dad before he was even a dad, he prepared his heart with his spouse to be one flesh to go this is what God has for us. Right. And I love that, that that he just listened to God's voice and was obedient to that. So, you know, Abraham, he, he, he did it once and that was great. And he was perfect ever since after that. Right. Absolutely. Because he had no problems. <laughs> he didn't lie about his wife being his wife and not his sister. And yeah, he didn't create do a whole bunch once. of tension there. And that didn't play out for generations to come. And no, he, he, he didn't. You know, yeah, it was perfect. Not at all. Yeah. So other than those two times when he lied both times about Sarah being his sister and not and not his wife. Right. Because he was afraid. <laughs> Other than those times, <laughs> that was like, because literally as he makes this way to do something great for God, some roadblocks came up. Absolutely. And he had to make a decision. And in, the, in that decision, honestly, he made a poor decision. Right. By saying, hey, we're going to come in here and I'm going to lie. I'm going to lie. But I'm going to tell a half truth. Because, you know, without getting into too detailed, that was his half sister. And so we're not going to talk about that because this isn't <laughs> Arkansas and we're not going to try and, sorry for our Arkansas listeners, 
All I hear is a soundtrack from Deliverance playing yeah, behind exactly. me. Exactly. 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 Please don't even even go there. But this idea of twice did Abraham Abram lie about Sarah being his wife. And it was had bad implications on both times. And so Abram wasn't defined by his obedience and he wasn't disqualified because of his disobedience. Yes. You know, he had that relationship with God and that's the thing that carried him through the goods, the bads, the moments of success and the moments of failures is that continual ongoing covenant relationship with God. You know, and it's and it's not so much the promise that Abraham ever made to God. More importantly, it's the promise that God continued to make to Abraham. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a father of nations. I'm going to bring the salvation of the world through you and your lineage, even though you don't see how that can happen because you still don't have kids. Because even in the moment of that, if you read through the story and we're going to give you the opportunity to read through that on your own uh, Genesis, it's like 12 through like probably pretty much 15 when he really makes the covenant with God. But there was failure after failure after he said he had heard from God. And so so it was this idea of, man, we're, we screw up. And that's why I think I like Abraham so much. He's one of my favorite characters because of the constant way that he messed up. But then was like, God's like, I still haven't given up on you. Right. And and so, so having his spouse there with him and knowing that he will screw up because we're all going to screw up and we all have screwed up. And, I, and, you know, it's funny. I talk to these dads who are, and, and I know you've talked to them too, that are just bored or they get caught up especially 2020 2020 was a year of lax boredom for a lot of men right there was no sense of adventure and we were told that we were heroes if we locked ourselves in our houses and wore our pajamas that does not breed a sense of adventure for a man who wants to pursue the heart of god right and so okay so our downtime is over so what are we going to do with this as we come out to want to do these great things and want to walk in whatever god's called us to we got to make sure that we're still on the same page with our wife because we might have been in the same house with our wife right. we need to make sure that we're on the same page and there's days i fail on this all the time i realize more and more that i'm like crap i haven't communicated with you right. in a couple weeks like you know you get those starts where you're like man i'm gonna i'm gonna pursue the heart of my wife and Every Tuesday, I'm gonna we're gonna try and go on a date night and everything. And then I'm it's like buy our flowers for no reason at all. Exactly. And then three weeks go by, and you're like, oh, I need to do that. And then you have another conversation about how much you failed. Right. Like, hey, you don't you don't pursue my heart anymore. And it's like, crap. How did I let that happen? Yep. It's it, it's guys catching it right now. Maybe that's it. Like right now, as you're listening to this, to put on your phone another reminder to engage the heart of your wife, or text her right now, or have dinner ready when you get home or have a plan that she can remove some of that stress from her life so that you can be one flesh. Maybe make a reservation at a hotel and just have a night away, you know, line up the babysitter before the date night actually happens, you know? Yeah. And so going back to this obedience of God and, and and I think I I don't want to, I don't want to miss this point because we are people who make promises all the time. You know, we've made a promise to our spouse when we got married for better, for worse, for richer, poor, for health and sickness and all that stuff. We make promises all the time. But I think if we really want to stir the heart of obedience in our family and in our wives' hearts, um, we need to focus less on the promises we make and more on the promises that God makes to us. Mm, And as we know those promises and as we begin to discover those promises and and learn how um, he has been faithful over and over and over again, that is actually the encouragement we get, not by us coming up with in, a, in the heat of a moment I promise I'll never yeah. it's the idea of like man God God has promised this to, to me yeah. that he would be with me through thick and thin God has promised this to me and even though I don't understand it even though I don't see it and even though it may not be for me in this generation that promise of God that he will never forsake me you know that's what I need to, to learn to, 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 
follow and pursue. And that's what I need to pour into my family is those promises that God makes about how he has adopted us into his family, how he's forgiven us of our sins, how he's making us a new creation, how he's not done pruning us, growing us, transforming us from the inside out, and how the person I am today is not the person I need to be tomorrow because God is still active in my life. Those are promises that as we begin to to understand those, those covenants is what the Old Testament language is, those promises, then we can have the strength and the courage to take the adventure of following and trusting God and obedience wherever he leads and whatever he calls us to. So it's like pursuing the heart of our wife and being proactive on towards the promises of God now to go, how can I be proactive to continue to keep this relationship solid as I as I communicate with my wife, as I continue to do this, but then say, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna live step out in what you've called me right. to and be and, and be proactive in that. I love it. I and love as it. we pursue the, the heart of our wives to realize God has promised that he's gonna make these two individuals one flesh. That's a promise from God. That's not something that we created. That's not something that we necessarily create. It is a promise from God saying, man, when you guys are married, I am going to do what I can do, and I'm going to make you one flesh. Yeah, so this constant. So so as we continue to talk about this dad life of Abraham, I believe today is the biggest thing is making sure that we're one flesh with those that we're one flesh with. Making sure that we've we, 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 we've spent time with them to know their heart so that as we pursue whatever God's put on us, that our kids see that we are one flesh and right. that we're together. Um, you know, and even and I think the next time we can talk about what that looks like as Abraham had to sacrifice the dream essentially. Right. Right. So, guys, thanks for listening to us today. Go go and pursue the heart of your spouse. In fact, right now, pause this, send out a text to your wife, and have a plan for you to know that you're one flesh. Because if you are pursuing this again, without your wife being being aboard, you know your your the dreams and desires you have in your heart, you're simply just having a getaway. Yeah. And this is about you two doing this together. Yep. And play your uh, favorite stick song. Come sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. Did, did every rocker in the, the 80s have a, a tenor voice? I'm pretty sure they did. <coughs> At least they tried to. Yeah. So, anyways. Love it. Thanks for listening to us, guys. God bless you guys. Check us out on Instagram at Known Legacy, Facebook, Known Legacy Ministries for questions, comments, concerns. Email us at info at knownlegacy.org. You guys are awesome. Again, uh, follow us, click the link, and share it with your friends because we know this is hope for all these guys. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.